Welcome back to a first in a long time of the Return the Picks podcast, but the new season is upon us, so it's about time we started making some more picks for our weekly picks for the NFL, and with the season about to start tomorrow evening in, what, 27 hours time or so, 28 hours time, uh, we should probably give some picks for the whole season as well. Myself, Ollie Wilson, and Jazz Gillum talking all things NFL 2021 season. No Dave Blutt, because he's got a cough. Um, which you'll hear about a lot more <laughs> during the podcast. Quite a long one, Jazzy. And when it happens, if you skip for a minute and 30, you've just skipped past what he's got to say and you haven't missed anything. Yeah, we basically recap what Dave says in a much quicker and more efficient fashion when we do throw him into the podcast. But skipping yeah. through all of that, there's a lot of chat in this. We've got several segments and bits to have to catch up from the off season we haven't done. So it's been a, it's been wonderful to get back to it and, and see how much our opinions are the same in some points and starkly different in others yeah there's uh we've got about four different segments we have a chat at the beginning about our overall thoughts i basically have a moan about the nfl before getting excited about the actual season which is a nice or just moan about all sports in general really let's face yeah, facts. talk is cheap we're excited <laughs> about the actual season uh, we give our predictions for every single divisional winner for this coming year we give our nfc and afc championship prediction winners and we decide who's going to win the super bowl we also played a lengthy game of the classic from last year. Better or worse. With, uh, with Dave Blatt firing a few at us and myself and Jazz providing a couple each as well and a bit of better or worse. And we also put on our bets for the opening week of the season with everybody getting a fairly healthy whatever yeah. to one. Good odds. Yeah, ratio. Pretty decent odds for everybody. That's surprising for you boys. Usually it's like 10 to 1 for Dave. Yeah, I know. He normally... Like 12 to 1. Normally goes real low. Real <laughs> yeah, low. Yeah, home favourite, home favourite, home favourite, home favourite. And it almost makes you think he's learned about the whole process. But then you hear what he said on the few bits of his interjections in the podcast. Yeah. And you realise he hasn't learned anything about the NFL still. So Put a real... Uh, yeah. He put a real clangor out there. There's a couple of little side bets that have been thrown out. We're waiting for a reply from Mr. Bluck. But look, uh, let's dive into it. It's just myself and Jazz. I hope that's all right for everybody who does listen. And uh, yeah, enjoy the podcast. And if it's not, well, tough. You listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. Yeah, who cares? Right, let's let's talk the new season, Jazz. Um, Full of hope and... Wonder or shattered dreams after week one? I really think we're going to have a really boring season this year. You reckon? I think the off season is the off season has been so dull and boring. I am so glad that there were things like the Olympics and stuff like that to distract, and the European (laughs) Championships to distract from the nothingness, rather than clinging on to like inane stories that were coming out throughout the off season that would be the most important thing for a week. And then be left I mean, by the we've wayside. had those, haven't we? We've had the tropes, the usual tropes of Ezekiel Elliott looks in the best shape of his life, but he still wants to eat but, cereal every time. But so. not even the tropes. Like, I mean, the whole off-season 
at the beginning was built around this Aaron Rodgers saga, which I think I said and, immediately. And the Deshaun Watson saga too. Yeah, but the Aaron Rodgers saga is definitely one we can talk about quite freely, whereas the Deshaun Watson yes. one is an interesting one. Who even knows? Who, yeah. yeah, of what's going on with that. But that has still died a death in terms of the narrative yep. and discussion of that, probably because of the legal surroundings. Lawyers uh, are everywhere. Yeah, various lawyerings are being done to deal with that situation yes. at the moment. A lot of Quite. bird laws being brought in, I think, as Charlie from It's Always Sunny would say. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, this was like, oh, is he going to leave? Is he not going to leave? And I said to you guys straight away, it's like, he's not. He's staying. He'll be in Green Bay next year. Yeah. Like, and it was it was really boring to see them try and build that narrative for a couple of weeks. And you're just like, meh. But he's not, because he loves that franchise. He really likes the team he's playing in. He just doesn't like the, the GMs, general manager the guys that run the place. Yeah. Like, yeah. That sucks. But Aaron Rodgers, at this point in his career, he doesn't have to like these people, because he can still go and dominate. And he's still going to be at Green Bay. Don't worry about it. And they did bend over a little bit to get him back. They did say, here's some extra roster control, hence the signing of Randall Cobb to get people back. It was quite interesting to hear what he said in terms of how the players that he thought were really important for the locker room were let go and not given contracts when they should have been given some more money. And the people they've had to replace him just haven't lived up to the hype. I mean, even saying someone like Mika Hyde, who's done really well for the Bills, it was quite interesting to hear him say that he was a really important person in the locker room and shouldn't have been left. Shouldn't have been allowed to leave, sorry. Same with Charles Woodson, of course. But it's just, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this year pans out. And if at the end of this year, he gets his wish and decides to either get almost complete control and become the GM, which is what it sounds like he's opting for. Which he should or, never be allowed to have. Oh, no, completely. Or does he decide to go somewhere else? But then if you go somewhere else, you can't guarantee the regime you have or the teammates you have will kind of warm to you as much as the ones in Green Bay. Yeah, in Green Bay, that's his team. Um, and yeah. the fans see it that way as well because they all love him as the figurehead of their team. And Green Bay is such a unique place to be a, a key player like that. The the yes. only thing I can imagine, and for de- very different reasons, is being the Jets or Giants starting quarterback in a successful Jets or Giants team. franchise. Yeah, <laughs> That doesn't happen very often. No, no. Although uh, there is a jersey behind you, Jazz, that has been rather successful in the in the blue of the uh, New York Giants, at least. Although Eli Manning was never that figurehead in the same way. It, you never felt it was Eli's team. You know, I, yeah. I felt it was more Brandon Jacobs' team at certain points. You know, and uh, it wasn't it the same as Kobe being. Boris's team. It wasn't the same as being. There were bigger figures than Eli in the Giants teams when Eli was successful. Whereas Rogers is the face of that franchise without a doubt because of the position, because of his talent, and yeah. because then he's in Green Bay, it's a really unique place to be. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys as well, actually, in the same way, but for very different reasons. If you're the face of that franchise and you take the Cowboys to the promised land of the like further in the first week of the playoffs, I guess, for them at the moment, <laughs> then then you're going to be... And, and Dak could end up being that guy still at some point. It's just Rogers will have done it for Could longer. Be. But I was still shocked that he resigned, of course, but you know. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, I just thought the this off season just taught me that I don't care about ninety percent of the off season and the chatter around it and a lot of the moves. Because at the end of the day you need to see what's gonna happen as a team gelling on a field. And so the the, yep. the most interesting aspect of the sport is the sport. It's not the conversation around the sport. It's happening in all of the sports that I follow now. It's about when the event's taking place that I'm really interested. And all that other stuff can just be, mm, 
noise. Shut up. The trouble you have, of course, with the NFL season being as short as it is, there's a very long off season to have to try and fill, and there's a lot of people and analysts that have got to try and find things to talk about. And in fairness, there are some things that are worth mentioning that have happened, sort of like training camp battles and course the draft and people who are signing or not signing or of course major injuries or retirements but most of the time again it seems a bit tropey and just filling noise to try and make it seem as though there's something to talk about when actually you're right that's what it matters is when it comes down to the actual game time but because it's so short they have to create this extra bubble well of course, it's not that short anymore our... jess i mean they're well, it's an extra it. seat extra week yeah but i mean in terms of um other sports for example soccer or our football it's such a longer season that the off-season is so much shorter and, and packed in with other competitions that those off-season narratives we have in the NFL don't really come to fruition as much in football because, well, there's less time to talk about it. So moving on to my other point then about just overall looking at the NFL landscape before we get into the classic game of better or worse. Better or worse. And we make some predictions <laughs> and some bets for the week and stuff like that. My overall feeling then of kind of a slight despondency almost going into this NFL season is I'm going to run through the teams, right? Every single 30, all 32 teams at this point. Sign up the AFC. Okay. The Bills don't rate the quarterback still that highly. They're an exciting team, uh, but I don't think the Bills are ready to go. He's so and... much better than so many other quarterbacks. The, I know, but the Bills aren't ready to, I still think, be a actual Super Bowl contender. The Miami Dolphins, not a chance. The New England Patriots complete rebuild. The New York Jets, interesting to see if they can start rebuilding successfully, but not going to be a big winning franchise this year. The AFC Baltimore, East is the Bills division. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens, tired of the Lamar Jackson thing. I don't rate him as a QB. He's a phenomenal athlete, but we'll see if that can carry on. I don't think they're as strong as they were. The Cincinnati Bengals, great. Joe Burrow coming back. That's going to be interesting with Jamar Chase as well. But again, don't think the Bengals are an out-and-out competitor. The Browns are interesting. The Steelers are interesting for different reasons. I think the Browns have got a great chance to be successful. The Steelers, it's that last like do or die with Ben Roethlisberger. The Texans, man, yeah. the Colts should dominate the AFC South the Jacksonville Jaguars starting the rebuild the, the Tennessee Titans are an interesting one as they well they are gonna but I think I think South. overall as a team I think the Colts are probably going to be better this year that's so at the moment we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that we'll get to that we've gone through three divisions there there's maybe four teams two five teams to three teams that are actually really interesting in that the Broncos yeah. no the Chiefs yep the Raiders not that interesting the Chargers interesting but then I think that's just yeah, just because Justin Herbert. But they are they it. are. I think they are interesting. Is that the Chargers last year were a few key moments away from being a really impressive team. It's whether that can continue. NFC East, the NFC North. The Chicago Bears are in, aren't interesting. <laughs> the Lions aren't interesting. The Packers oh, might I love be they interesting. They didn't even list. The, they just left the AFC East and just left the teams because none of them are interested at all. The Minnesota- I think the Washington football team are the most interesting team in that division. By yeah, a without, without a doubt. But in the grand scheme yeah. of things, I don't think they're that interesting. <laughs> uh, the Minnesota Vikings are kind of interesting, but I'm just expecting them to not be as good as the Packers this year. The NFC South, yeah. Panthers rebuild, new quarterback Sam Darnold rejuvenate. The Saints, Jameis Winston. <sighs> The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should should dominate the division. The Falcons, I mean, you know, not that interesting in the grand scheme of things. And the NFC West, don't rate Kyler Murray as highly as a lot of other people do. It, Rams are interesting. Niners are interesting. Maybe the Seahawks are interesting. I think that's probably the most interesting division in football, really. The NFC West, possibly. Yes. Uh, yeah, you've got three teams that interest me. The Cardinals aren't going to be as good as those three teams. So I'm just looking at that, that in the grand scheme, and I'm, I'm seeing like, 
eight, nine teams? And think then how many teams are going to be getting into the playoffs? All of them, plus others. Well, maybe not all of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously... The, the, the trouble with having get... the expanded playoff, of course, you're going to get some extra teams that maybe shouldn't be there. Garbage. However, having the, extra, having the extra week may be a good leveller in that sense, but we'll have to wait and see as the, as the whole thing unfolds. So, yeah, so it's just... Yeah. I agree with you. There, is, it, there are some bits that don't seem as interesting, but I think the teams that are interesting are very interesting. And, I mean, I, I do think it's like losing a player like Drew Brees, for instance takes a massive edge away from the NFL because until last year, you'd look at the Saints and say, well, if they've got Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, they've got a chance in any game. Now you don't look at them. It immediately makes that franchise 90% less enjoyable to watch. I don't know. It'd be fun to watch Jameis Winston throw interception and pick sixes every week. I mean, it it would be fun as long as you don't pick the Saints in a bet this year. Basically, <laughs> well, maybe pick them to win, just not to cover, because they'll probably be very tight games, very tight games. He's going to be throwing a lot of picks, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe his his laser eye surgery is all he was needing, and that was the key to unlocking the uh, the Jameis number one overall pick rather than the Jameis thirty for thirty. True. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not like I'm not a negative Nancy on the season. I, I'm really happy. Sounds that a little but... bit like you are, but you know, we'll let I, you off. I just think it's. Do you do, well, one second, just before you carry on that point. Do you think it's a little bit because, as an Eagles fan, you just feel downhearted about everything to do with American football? Let's let's not talk about the Eagles. We don't have to go through the whole <laughs> schedule thing. I love that team, and I... I think we should. I, at this point, I couldn't care less how this season goes because this season, at least right now, for the Eagles, to me, is you get a free pass in your first year as a head coach to me. Okay. What about Jalen Hurts? Does he get a fresh part, a free sorry, a free pass? Well, I kind of think you do. Season starting. Okay. I kind of think you do because this is the first, as you say, first full season starting, and he's now having to learn a completely new playbook in theory. Yep. So Nick Sirianni gets a free pass this year. Eagles can be terrible. And it's okay. Just, I just can't wait for week six to come along and then like oh and six and you're just calling for his head. You're just baying for blood. I won't. You're just at the at the computer just frothing at the mouth, waiting to try and just claim this man's life. If they if they go two and fourteen this year. Yeah. I You'll be happy. I'm not allowed to moan about so it it can't be two and 14 so 17 weeks you're gonna go three and fifth three and 14 or you're gonna go two and 15 yeah sorry three and uh okay three and 14 no no two and 15 hey, look two he can have 15. he can have whatever he wants what i'm saying is he can have any <laughs> end of year result and it doesn't matter but next this time next year when we're doing the season preview podcast if he doesn't does go matter. three and oh then he gets snowballs with rocks filled in them thrown at him at Christmas. Yeah, no, I think that the trouble you have there, Ollie, is you're being a little bit more pragmatic about this. I think the people of Philadelphia, the people of oh. unbrotherly love at this point, <laughs> are not going to think that at all. Yeah, the they're actual gonna city of Philly is going to tear him apart if they... They're going to find his house and they're going to destroy it. Yeah, and that's and that'll be interesting as well this season. And then it, then when he, if he wins the Super Bowl, they'll destroy his house anyway. So what? he doesn't win either way. Yeah, well, I'd rather have a destroyed house as a champion than a destroyed house as a loser. So, <laughs> well, that's true. 
But yeah, your house is still destroyed though. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not. I don't mean to be overly pessimistic. As I say, I'm really happy that the NFL season is back. But I just look at it and I think there are a lot of teams that have got worse and not many that have got better really to count improved. in the balance. Yeah, that well, I that's think the what Rams I'm is one that you could definitely argue that it's been a a counterbalance of trading Goff for Stafford is a very big big boon to that team. I think that's such and a I, shrewd I Imagine move. having Woods and Cup and. And Higby in your team, if you have that in fantasy, you've got a greater chance for a lot more points because Stafford throws the ball around and throws it very well. And I don't think I have... Sony Michelle is like the beaten up running back people seem to be just talking. Cause... Oh, I don't buy him at all. I think he's a fine running back. He's competent. I mean, I don't really have yeah, a problem with him. Yeah, it's just what you want in the NFL is competency. Not you don't you want exceptional. Not but competent. he's not. But he's not going to be a number one back. Are they going to operate with multi backs again this year? So. Everybody's just Probably. going to stay healthy in a nice rotation. There'll always be a pair of fresh legs somewhere on the sideline. I think he's a useful player to have come in. I, I really like... I will enjoy, I think, watching the Rams this year, especially as I root for Stafford quite hard. Yeah. And I'd like Much to see to Stafford Dave. given an opportunity. I'm glad he's going to be given an opportunity outside of Detroit to yes. look as good as potentially he could because Detroit was never Especially with someone like uh, McVay calling the pe- calling the plays and being in his ear. So you can have if you have Jared Goff being able to put up monster numbers with McVay in his ear, what can Stafford do when he can also actually make online decisions when the clock has got to 15, there's no more coaches' voices. He can still call audibles and make it work because of who's, all the experience he has. Who's happier? Stafford to be out of oh, a franchise or McVay to have a quarterback that is has an IQ over 7? 100 percent, Stafford. I didn't even need you to finish off the question. I knew that's what the answer was going to be. Okay. Because if you, um, no offense to the Detroit Lions, but they haven't had a very good record of winning since what the '90s, since Barry Sanders left, and they maybe made the playoffs then. Mm. And they've wasted a lot of good talent. I mean, look at Calvin Johnson being a great example. Of well, that. they did. He, they did have the year that obviously they played the um, Cowboys in the opening round of the playoffs. Oh, okay. So they made the playoffs once. And then there was a flag thrown on Megatron for what was a perfectly acceptable pass in a bit of bustling down Uh, the sideline. And Detroit got screwed over. And then the following week, Des Bryant got banged in Green Bay. And while all the Cowboys fans were like, that's not fair. Everybody else in the NFL was like, that's called justice. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karma. Yeah, so okay, they've had one season where they made the playoffs. But they've also had an 0-16 season thrown into that too. Yeah, before they got Stafford, of course. So fundamentally, they haven't been a very good team for quite a while, and all the coaches they seem to be hiring to bring in haven't made a difference. Of course, Matt Patricia was hailed as the person who was going to bring the Patriot way to the Lions, and obviously failed miserably at that. Just mm. proving that it's not the Patriot way; it's Bill Belichick's way. But also, is it possibly Brady's way? It is no. We'll it's find Brady. out this year if he could, if he can make Mac Jones into something. Then maybe he's got some got some uh, extra magic up his sleeve. But I'm not convinced myself. I think we've all realised that it's players want to play for Tom Brady and want to play with Tom Brady and yep. nobody seems to really like the Belichick way even yep. if it does get you victories I mean this is yep. something we need to talk with Shane about more again because Shane was very complimentary yeah. of Bill Belichick obviously and said he was a really nice friendly guy and all that but he did also and hint Marlon, that it's like Marlon also said that he was very funny yeah but he did also so, hint that like it is a tough environment to be in when we've spoken to Shane. And yeah, yeah, and, and every single player that has ever been in that locker room and has spoken freely about it afterwards seems to have said, like, yeah, it's a really tough environment. You win. So that's great. 
Yeah. But it's tough. I mean, Brady's become the funniest guy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he's really let himself out. Hasn't he's got he? a personality now, and he's—I love Tom Brady. I liked it when he was in a Bucks jersey <laughs> at the beginning of last year. Anyway, he was yeah. a much more likable yeah, yeah. guy. I remember on the opening weekend when they played the Saints. I was like, "It's weird, Jazz. Yeah. I'm finding myself rooting for Brady straight off the bat here in this battle." Yeah, but now yeah, yeah. he's got so much more personality on the internet in general. He's he's great fun. The guy lent he into is. being wasted. Yep. And through the through the Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat, I mean that's not something that normal normal people have been doing. Granted, I'm not sure how many boat parades the Lombardi Trophy's had in its lifetime. In mm. fairness, but that takes a certain level of cojones to do that. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if say Kirk Cousins had been the one on the boat to do that. One, he would have missed it, and two, everyone would be like, "You shouldn't be doing that. You're not good enough. You haven't earned this." That's how they'd feel. Is that? That's right. I'm getting my Kirk Cousins jabs in right now. Yeah, that was start early. early. Start him strong, because I'm here all year, and I hope he's not. So you haven't you haven't loosened up on the Kirk Cousins. Thing. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. Because um, I really thought you were going to go with Cam Newton there. Because oh no, no, I I still would like I would really like Cam to get a role somewhere. I Why? still think he could do something in the league because there's he's still better. He's still one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league, without question. Without question, the troubles he brings to destroy- I think you put him on the Broncos, the Broncos instantly are a better team. As much as Bridgewater did quite well last year, he's not as good as Cam Newton is. And it'd be quite kind of fitting to have that full circle. I will him. give you... Him go back to the Broncos. The and Broncos and the Texans in the AFC. Yep. yep. Probably the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. Oh, that's a moronic statement with your own bias. Um, maybe <laughs> the, the Giants, Giants would improve it. Maybe the Giants, but I don't know. I think I'd rather probably have a I mean, learning I Daniel Jones also, over a Cam Newton that looks like he's crocked and done. You know who else he'd probably improve on? Jalen Hurts. Take that back, Jez. You know that's true, though. You know it's true. I would not rather have Cam he's Newton. He's a bigger, better version of Jalen Hurts who can throw the ball and actually knows how to read a defense. I'm not especially sure that he's got that ability to throw the ball. Ah, oh, but you see... Oh, okay. And he's not okay. got the running ability either, I don't think, at all anymore. Like, he's big and his body weight gets him over, but I don't think he's an athletic capability to sustain that over a year. And there's obviously something that he's not good enough at doing on the football field. For Bill Belichick to be like, you're not worth it, I'm going with Mac Jones instead, a rookie, It's obviously... A reason, and I trust Bill Belichick's judgment on NFL players more than probably anybody else in the NFL because he generally gets it right. Uh, when he brings guys, when he all. brings guys in to do jobs, he gets them to do the job. Drafting How is many... different. No, it's not it's exactly the same. You're talking about a QB that he has drafted. So if you're talking about draft picks, no, but we're not talking about we're not talking about Mac Jones and his ability. We're talking about. Belichick's ability to read what people can do as players that have played in the NFL already and can they do what Bill Belichick needs them to do and Cam Newton quite clearly can't so I trust Bill Belichick to have seen that and gone Cam Newton isn't good enough to play in the NFL maybe in my system maybe in everybody's system but at this point he's not good enough to be the starter in my NFL team I think that he's uh, personally. I think it's an error. I think that I'm, I've got. I've not seen much of Mac Jones in the preseason, so I can't truly comment. But I don't feel as though 
putting him in week one with a team that's not really got a great deal of talent around him. He's got some talent in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. So that's the reason why I thought Cam Newton made more sense, because you'd have two big athletic blocking and receiving tight ends. It means that you can play an option game and you can play a, you can audible from a run to a pass without much trouble because you've got the personnel in. But Mac Jones won't have the athleticism that um, Cam Newton has. I don't think you'll have the, the smarts to be able to pick away a defense like Cam Newton should do. I think some ways Bill's probably tried to do that to try and take away the distraction of Cam Newton rather than the distraction of uh, rather than the Cam Newton the player, if that makes more sense. So I can't remember who it was. One of the Patriots coaches came out and said he should concentrate less on his wardrobe and more on the field. That just screams to me is he's just not fitting into the culture of the team, which we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Well, haven't we Cam said that Cam... about Cam throughout his career? Even at Carolina, we all made loads of jokes uh, away from this podcast, just you know, to ourselves, of like maybe Cam Newton should kind of focus on like the playbook more than his pre-game attire. Like we've made that. That was like too easy a joke that's been made for a number of years to then like. I know somebody that watched the Panthers All or Nothing this year for the first time. Didn't really know yeah. that much about football. And they said, you know, that guy with all the outfits is really irritating because surely he should just be better at the sport. <laughs> and you're like, you don't know anything about this sport. And you know exactly what everybody yeah, thinks about this. That means that, that they don't know um, what he did in 2015 when he led the league in for sure. In- as an MVP and almost took the Panthers to an unbeaten season. Obviously lost two games that year, one in the regular season and the big one of all. Long long time but ago he, now, though. It is, but at the same time, it's when that All or Nothing Panthers documentary was done, it wasn't that much longer after that. Yeah, what, two true. years after? So uh, yeah. saying that at that point is unfair. Saying it now is a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Look, let's that's, uh, my, that's my defence against that. And I'm not here to try and defend Cam Newton to be the best quarterback in the world. I just think, again, much like we had with the Colin Kaepernick issue over many years, he was still better than at least 63 other quarterbacks. So he should have been a backup somewhere. The issue you have with him is the circus that comes with him because of the politics surrounding him. Kaepernick, Cam yeah, Newton, yeah. it's not the politics. Yeah, Cam it's not the politics. It's the distraction of is he going to start, is he not? It's big personality all the fancy clothes and the peacocking that he does, which again, I'm not against, because if you're going to be a quarterback in the NFL and think you are the best player for that position on the planet, you have to have a certain level of swagger and confidence. Mm. Some players, it just comes across as just confidence. Some players, it comes off almost like apathy. So Aaron Rodgers sometimes just seems apathetic about stuff, which I don't, I'm not against at all, because he's just that supremely confident. He's like, well, yeah, whatever. Mm. But you get some who dress up and try and look the part of the superstar to try and again ingrain in their brain that that's who they are. Oh yeah, I mean, I, without a doubt, I do not give a damn what Cam Newton wears. And I don't actually believe that Cam Newton spends more time thinking about his dress sense than he does on a playbook. I mean, yeah. he has he hires somebody to think about the dress sense for him so he can probably study exactly. the playbook. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it's that. I think it's more like it's the easy joke to make. It was yeah, interesting absolutely. that a Patriots coach said that, and the reason why Cam probably won't get, he might get, he might get a job this year still, especially if QBs go down injured and things like that. But one of the reasons why I think he might not is because Cam Newton is pretty vehement that he wants to be a starter in the NFL, and yeah. I don't think he would take being sat as a second string guy well. Now, I don't know him, 
so I'm just like making wild accusations against him. But I think there is there are some guys like Garner Minshew. I think will be in Philadelphia and take being a backup in the NFL somewhere. Mm, I think I don't think he will. I think Garner Minshew recognised that Minshew mania was funny. Then he started yeah. playing fairly well, and he lent into the kind of madness around Minshew mania. And but I almost imagine that Garner Minshew, at least people around Garner Minshew, knew that this is going to be like a fun wild ride. Make the most of it yeah. while you can. That's you, why it's Minshew Mania running wild, baby. But you're not going to be a face of a franchise kind of guy. But I'm glad that he's for the Philadelphia Eagles because he's quite clearly a fairly competent quarterback with mobility and a average skill set at NFL standards. That... Probably better than Jalen Hurts. Why do you have to... <laughs> because it's such an easy thing to go for because I don't think Jalen Hurts has shown very much. However, he showed more than Carson Wentz did last year. Hertz, Hertz has shown little, but he hasn't had a chance to show much. That will be, m- that's my thing. That's a fair. Year. That's a fair way of putting it. Yeah, and this year is really his acid test. Irrespective of you think he gets a free pass or not, <laughs> well, I don't think he does. It's his acid <laughs> test, except for the fact that it's a completely new system. And yeah, we'll see. We will see. Look, he's been given the the greatest gift he could have been given, which is his college teammate to come in and be his receiver. So. That'd be yeah. interesting to see how Jalen Rager does. Uh, sorry, Devontae Smith does. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Devontae Smith, how do you think he's going to do this year? I have no idea. That Eagles does he wa- play in slot? Does he play out wide? Does he play as a utility back and play out the backfield as well? No, I think he has to play out wide. I don't think he's physical enough to play that slot receiver role and be running inside up against linebackers. Yeah. I think he's his best opportunity is that he create he creates space really well. So yeah. being out wide in open areas is, is the way forward. The the potential, like if you go back and look at this starting, what could be the starting three receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles and how they've been yeah. discussed in previous drafts, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, like the chat around all three of those was phenomenal about like, Jalen Rager, complete utility guy, can kind of do it all, particularly coming out of the slot, can do kick returns as well. JJ Arcega, Whiteside, a fully competent pair of hands, great route runner, and uh, and pretty damn quick. And then Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, great at creating separation. Like those three on paper from their draft grades complement each other so well. And yet the, the first two in the league with their experience... <laughs> haven't really I've done, done jack so i mean again i don't want to bring it up again but i'm going to because it's quite fun who was the other receiver drafted after Jalen Rager? went to the vikings pretty good yeah it's, i don't really know what happened to him oh okay Je- jefferson that was justin jefferson that's the guy sorry forgot about him how can i forget about him he just lit the league on fire last year anyway I worry when Travis Fulgham, your best receiver from last year, and Greg Ward was the second best receiver of last year. I don't know what happened to Greg Ward. I imagine he's still on the team. He's still on the team. But Fulgham got... was cut and then signed to the practice squad, which means he can be activated, but he is your best receiver. Why is, are they not keeping nah, him Travis on Fulgham had a, Travis Fulgham, I never bought into like Travis Fulgham as the best receiver at the Philadelphia Eagles. Travis Fulgham had the hot streak. Like Guy got hot, but like there's nothing that special about Travis Fulgham. He yeah, just but... had a... Uh, uh. JJ Sega Whiteside and Rago did not get hot at all. 
He, w- he wouldn't even describe I, them as simmering. I, I, That's a cold pan with ice cubes in it. They are not hot. They are useless. Look. I feel like Skip Bayless saying this. I don't know what Nick Sirianni's doing a lot of the time. We're meant to have got I, rid yeah. of Zach Ertz, and he's still there. And it's yeah. so awkward with those emotional pictures from the last game last year of Zach Ertz like saying goodbye to Lincoln Financial Field and looking like, oh, man. I'm leaving this place where I've become one of the best tight ends in the league and I've won a Super Bowl with these guys and I'm so upset, but I'm definitely leaving. And now it's like, yeah, he said he wants to leave. He said he wanted to leave. Yeah. It's still, it's still around. Yeah. It is nonsense. Who's the GM at the minute? Harry Roseman still. Howie. Oh, Howie. How has he still got a job? How? Well. (laughs) No, seriously, how has he still got a job? If Devonta Smith doesn't pay off now. Because how he bought himself with with that and go and jumping ahead of the Cowboys to go and get him as well, like how he. The Cowboys were going to take him. No, but it was the point that we were able to move up, trade with trade ahead of the Cowboys to get him. Everyone just loved that, like taking their pick after. Uh... Yeah, but they're never going to pick him. They've got Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb. Why would they pick? No, but every, everybody just enjoyed it. Like the Eagles managed to get ahead of the Cowboys, and then like yeah, it just it was a good narrative. <laughs> it's a fan fun narrative, you know. I mean, they could have got ahead of the Cowboys and didn't win a couple of games. I mean, wouldn't that have been easier? Is there anything else? You, is there anything else? No. <laughs> is there anything else you want to? Get into before we start our actual predictions. I'm surprised you haven't started giving me some Big Ben grief by now. Actually, usually that's the uh, the next. The grief I'd like to give Big Ben is probably not acceptable to be putting out in the public area. So we'll just leave it there. (laughs) Allegedly, Ollie. Allegedly. Let's just see how many TikTok viewers Juju gets when he's getting beaten up all over the field again. Oh, I saw a really funny meme on uh, on Instagram of players that were never the same again. It was Antonio Brown after the Vontaze perfect hit. I can't remember the other two, but the other one was Juju after he discovered TikTok and downloaded it. Because <laughs> he hasn't been the same since. No. No, he's very annoying, actually. Yep. Very annoying. Uh, yeah, is there any, like, because... any overalls, Jazz, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the potential season coming up? I don't think so. I think it's just one of those ones where wait and see what happens, if I'm honest. it's it's, it's hard to, Again, it's hard to predict this year because... We've had a bit more of an off-season, a bit more of a chance to see what teams can do in pre-season, but then COVID could still come along and hit every single team mm. in different weeks and different ways. Of course, last year, the whole team had to isolate. This year, it's not the case. But I think that, as you said before, COVID will play a bigger part in the year. I think I agree with you because it might end up having specific team or specific players go down. So again, remember the vaccine when the, thing is going to be interesting. The Broncos, as well, was it the Broncos? The Broncos lost all the QBs, didn't they? One, yeah, one last year. Yeah. So you're going to have to try and keep the position groups together, but also separate enough. So if you lose one of them, you don't lose the entire lot because that is a nightmare. Yeah. Imagine if you lost all your D line, all your D tackles and D ends. They're all they're all out. Yeah, that's including the guys in the practice squad. That's still potentially a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that could still very, very easily happen. And all your O line, all your O linemen go. Well, now you've got nothing but tight ends as your O lineman, and you're going to have like a running back as your snapper. That's or center, sorry. It's going to be a problem. But again, you can't really account for those things. You have to wait and see. And you have to hope that the players are responsible enough to look after themselves to ensure that doesn't happen. And again, with the vaccine bits and pieces, there's lots of teams that haven't got full vaccination rates, and some have. 
But even if they do have full vaccination rates, it doesn't mean those players can be completely let free if one of their players in their group is completely positive and they start to show symptoms as well. And as mm. we found out with the vaccines throughout the last kind of, what, six to nine months, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get it and catch it and pass it on and suffer from the symptoms of it. So it's going to be a very interesting season, especially with the fans back in the stadiums all screaming and shouting, getting drunk on the sidelines. But I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go. Right, I think we're going to have to kick this off because Dave has pinned us into a corner slightly. Because Dave... Yeah, so if everyone doesn't know, Dave isn't here because he's currently got what he thinks is a little bit of a cough. No, Dave, Dave isn't here because he's lazy um, and he can't be bothered, <laughs> even though we sort the podcast around him. Uh, but also, he's pinned us into yeah, a did, corner with the scheduling of what we're going to talk about because we asked him for some voice notes just so we could play and get his thoughts on a couple of things we're going to talk about. And he said, well, in my vo- blah, blah, here's my bet. You're going to hear my thoughts about the Falcons later on, but here's my bet. So we can't do the predicting our team records first because of Dave's voice notes. We have to go with our bets for this week first and foremost, which is irritating. Um, And I am going to blame him for it. And we're going to do it and I'm going to be grumpy about it. So let's start with our bets for the opening weekend of the season. And let's start with Dave's Dave's bet. Yeah, let's start with Dave's bet. And everybody can hear how annoying he is with a cough. Hey, guys. Sorry, I can't um, make it tonight. <coughs> As you can see, I've got a cough yeah. um, that I've do been practicing know? all day because I didn't want to do this. Um, no, I didn't want to feel like uh, <coughs> coughing, uh, spluttering my way through an hour podcast or so. Uh, so I'm sorry I'm missing out. Uh, excited Probably about this we year don't, We don't ahead. need this. Uh, not so excited for the Falcons. As you'll find out in oh, a sec, but I'm chase, just going to put my uh, bet on first. Hey. Let me read this out to you. I there have you go. got, <coughs> I have got these Pittsburgh Steelers taking the spread on them against the Buffalo Bills at home, uh, plus six point five. I've got the San Francisco 49ers uh, at the Detroit Lions minus seven point five. I've got the Falcons winning against the Eagles. Eagles getting off to a tough start by going down to. The shitty Falcons, Dirty Blades taking a win, and then I got uh, the New York Jets uh, plus five and a half against the Panthers. Just a coin flip game, really. Two probably quite bad teams. Uh, got the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I've got them beating the Ravens this year. The Raiders over the Ravens, uh, and then um, probably one of the ones that's really going to let me down. I've got the Cleveland Browns keeping it close at the Kansas City Chiefs who start off a little bit slow out of the gates. Um, maybe a Super Bowl hangover. Um, plus six and a half on the spread there. That has given me as a six-fold 60 to one with bet 365. So we're going to be putting that on. And fingers crossed for my boys, the Falcons against Ollie's shitty Eagles. Well, he's got one thing right. You know, it took him about a minute and 30 seconds to read out six results. Yeah. What a waste. That I mean, that was over two minutes of coughing and like... Of time that people who listen to this will never get back. Literally so, you know. don't, don't need the, oh, guys, like I'm here, but I'm not here. Like, we know you're not here. You're not on the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're all just going to assume you're sorry about it because we arranged this for you. For you. 
but I guess that's yeah. his bet. So here's, here's, let's run down Dave's bet just quickly in how you're meant to do it. The Steelers plus 6.5 against the spread. San Fran minus 7.5 against the spread. The Falcons to get a victory. The Jets plus 5.5 against the spread. The Raiders to win and the Browns plus 6.5 at 60 to 1. Pretty oh, quick, like simple, seconds, right? succinct. Yeah, has yeah. all you need. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Jazz, Jazz. Hit us with your. Uh... So I've also taken the 49ers minus 7.5 points against the Lions. I've got the Jags minus 3 against the Texans. Packers minus 4 against the Saints because I'm hoping Jameis Winston throws a couple Jair Alexander's way. Dolphins plus 3 against the Patriots. Broncos minus 3 against the Giants because Daniel Jones is terrible. And I've gone for a little bit different. I've gone for Seahawks minus 3.5 against the Colts, which is a larger spread than they're offering because I thought they're going to win by a bit more. I'll take the extra odds. And I got. That is fifty-three to one. Nice, fifty-four to one. Yeah, okay. Uh, Trouble I... putting five pounds on. I've got to do the maths in my head. Oh, poor you. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's not like it doesn't come up on the app. I'm in a grouchy mood today. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. Well, it does when you first put it on, but once you put it on, it then doesn't tell you what the one to five is. You have to then figure out two seven three divided by five. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I'll forgive you of that because you turned up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Falcons to beat the Eagles. I don't care what you think about me betting against the Eagles. I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Colts to beat the Seahawks. I'm taking the Steelers to beat the Bills. I'm taking the Chargers to beat Washington. I'm taking the Patriots to beat the Dolphins. And I'm taking the Packers to beat the New Orleans Saints. That's giving me 62.87 to 1. That Steelers game must have boosted those odds quite nicely for you. Yeah. But I don't believe in Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So, of course you wouldn't. Yeah. The only trouble will be with that game is whether TJ Watt plays because he currently hasn't practiced, hasn't signed a contract. That's fine. Big Ben will light light things up. Juju will have a block on TikTok all this week. He won't be allowed (laughs) to do any silly dancing or anything like that. And he will just be dancing around defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fair right let's talk about our teams for this current season let's start with you Jazzy and the Steelers so I'm hopeful that Big Ben will have a rejuvenated year having had a whole year to get over his elbow injury all season last year and all this off season to try and get past it I'm hoping with the new offensive coordinator we've got we might do a little bit better running the ball the trouble I have is that the offensive line isn't quite as good as it was last year obviously with the loss of Pouncey being a big one Mm. um so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what where we go with that. It's not a great schedule either. It's hardest schedule in the league. So just looking through it, it's every savage. week is is a, is tough. Apart from when we play the Lions and the Bears, which I think we could happily smash all over. But playing the Ravens twice, obviously they're currently a pretty good team. The Browns twice, I think that's a. Those are two teams where I think we'll hopefully split with them if we're lucky. Beat them twice. But then having the Chiefs, having the Bills, having who else have we got that's really Titans, good. Chargers. Titans, yeah. Chargers, not so fussed about because, you know, they're not that great. I, I honestly think that Justin Herbert reverts back to um, not being very good this year for a whole host of reasons. How, how does he revert back to it when we haven't seen him be bad? Okay, well, we're about to be in a rookie level rather than better than that is how I'd probably describe it. I'm just going to load up the schedule here. And who animal. else have we got that's really terrible? The Broncos. The Bears. Packers. Packers is a big game as well. So, yeah. Vikings too? Well, I don't know. Coke Cousins. I've got the Chiefs to go with it. 
So we've got a good level of difficulty to our schedule, but so do the Ravens. So in the AFC North, the team with the best schedule is the Browns. So if we can beat them twice, we'll get the hopefully the tiebreaker over them, and then we could maybe get to 10-11 wins is what I think is likely or hopeful is 11. I'd love to say 12-13-14 like I did last year. I said 12 last year, didn't I? That wasn't far off it until they had a complete collapse at the end of the year. But if we could just get to the playoffs and let the young receivers we have start to play and get going and and see Claypool starting to really stretch the field down the way, having Deontay Johnson do the same thing on the other side and having Juju as a slot receiver. And I'm really hopeful about the new uh, new rookies with Najee Harris, I think, hopefully he's going to add a little bit of dynamism to the, the running attack. And I'm hoping Pat Freemuth, the tight end we've got, who in one of the games in preseason had two receptions for two touchdowns. Mm. I'm hoping he's the big boy tight end in the red zone we can have. Don't know if he played basketball, of course. Maybe he did. Another trope to go with that. But if he can be someone that's helpful and useful in that situation and a safe pair of hands and a chain mover, we may have a good chance to get ourselves going. And the defense is going to be the same. Believe me. We're turning all three of the, if he all played, three of the D-line. If he played basketball in college, you'd have heard about it. I'm sure he would have done, yeah. Um, but yeah, with the defense returning all three starting linemen, having Melvin Ingram on the other side to replace Bud Dupree, who I think is an upgrade of Bud Dupree, as long as he stays healthy. Having Devin Bush back healthy again is a massive help. And the secondary, again, a year older, so Joe Hayden's closer to his retirement age, but he played at a decently high level last year. And Minka has just proved that he's just a, he's a little X factor back there. So I'm hoping we get some get some turnovers. I mean, that's the reason why I drafted them so early in our fantasy league, because I thought I like the fact that we're going to get, hopefully, a lot of pressure up front, which, given the front five who will be rushing, plus Bush will hopefully give us. But there's enough talent on the back end, which can really make a big difference. So that's my that's my hope. I'm hopefully, again, just get to the playoffs for us to be the most important thing. I don't really care about getting first seed or winning the, divi- or winning the um, division. I just want to get into the playoffs. That's it. You... I mean, do you accept the possibility that the Browns could do you twice this year? They yes have no. the potential to be a really good football team. Yeah, but again, any team or any day can do that. The The game that we lost horrifically to them in the playoffs yeah, is because yeah. we got 28-0 down over a botched snap and a pick six. You take away those two plays, it's 14-0, and we would have come back and won the game, as evidenced by the massive comeback that happened. The Browns, I think, inherently don't have the backbone to hold on to a lead well enough yet, because they're still quite a young team. Granted, if OBJ comes back and becomes OBJ of old, then that might change things a little bit. But the trouble you have in that team, fundamentally, is Monsieur Mayfield, who is very likely... No, very likely to, you know have some feces in his pants every now and again. And I think that would happen when he faces Ingram one side and Watt the other and Hayward and Tuart coming up the top. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that we'll we'll smash them around. But again, I think the Browns and the Ravens are two teams where if we can split with them, I'll be happy. Win at home for both games, lose away for both games, not the end of the world. The only thing I like, I mean, I like the two tight ends in Austin Hooper and David Njoku. O- OBJ related, but yeah. potentially... Jarvis Landry's safe pair of hands. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I recall, having a pretty good finish to last year. He did. And yeah. and it's kind of funny how that division has always been about like hard-hitting football. But the Cleveland Browns yeah. have such a great smash-mouth running back tandem in Hunt and Chubb. Mm-hmm. 
if they if they stay healthy, it will then take that. Pro- I don't think Baker Mayfield is necessarily an exceptional NFL level QB, but I think if you have a dynamic running game that works, he can then beat you through the air as well. I just think there could be potentially on that offense at least a great balance. And the other thing they have is, in potential at least, a pretty decent line up front. And they've got a big defensive lineman room this year as well. So there's yep. there's a chance, much like Philadelphia when they won it, to have that rotation potentially. And if people live up to potential in that defensive line room and everyone's looking at like Jadavian Clowney, for instance. But... If that yeah, happens, but what do you do with the Seahawks? What do you do with the well, exactly, team? Been exactly. He's done so nothing. Th- again, there's like a he did nothing when he had JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless around him. Yeah, who so were if pass rushing far better than he was, and if, double if, teams at times. If Miles Garrett and Malik Jackson can inspire Jadavian Clowney to get back to being a shadow of his, oh, I see, I... from being a shadow of his former self, then you know, then I I really like the Browns roster, and I Malik Jackson's a bit old and washed up for my liking. I still think Miles Garrett. Yeah, he's a very good. He's, he swings a helmet brilliantly, <laughs> but I mean, apart from him, I'm not convinced by the D line personally. Fair enough. Yeah, I just I I think the Browns could be a real real actual problem, which is something we haven't yeah. had to say for a yeah. long time. I mean, even last year it was like, was oh, no, but the, most years they're a problem, but a problem because they're terrible. Oh, also, um, Pat Freemuth, uh attended yeah. Pentucket Regional High School before transferring to the Brooks School in North Andover, Massachusetts. At Brooks, he played tight end and linebacker on the football team, oh, okay. as well as for their basketball team. There you go. He played basketball. What a shock. So he's a nailed-on <laughs> success in the NFL. There you go. Yeah, He's basically Antonio Gates times two. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so what do we think about the Eagles? Of course, well, we've discussed them in brief already. Is there anything else you wish to add about it? And how many wins do you think we're going to expect? realistically rather than just what you say is your i'll accept this what do you think is realistic going through the schedule because i mean you'd you'd beat the giants at least once i hope you beat the cowboys at least once i look at five wins against who one against dallas there's always just one against Dallas. one against the giants always is yeah one against the giants i think washington do us twice Okay. So that's out. But I think we beat the Lions because yeah. garbage at QB and Jericho. I think the Lions have taken a big step backward in that. Well, they and also haven't got a running game. Yeah. Or receivers. Well, Swift, is, so, a, Swift yeah. is a pretty good running back. They just haven't got the support around him to give him the holes. But So I think we can beat the Lions and we can beat the Broncos. Yeah. Can we beat the Jets? Let's see how Zach Wilson does. I think you beat the Jets. I think I think Zach Wilson, unfortunately, is going to have a baptism of fire so this year. He's so that's not got five. Enough around him. But I don't yeah, think we win a game until week eight. <laughs> okay. We lose to the Falcons. We lose to the Niners. We lose to the Cowboys at Dallas. We lose to the Chiefs. Yeah. We lose at Carolina. We lose to the Bucks. We lose to the Vegas Raiders. I could see the Vegas Raiders and the the Panthers being coin flips, but the rest of them, I completely agree. I believe in Sam Darnold, and so do I. And I I was very tempted to bet pretty heavily on the the spread this week for the the Jets Panthers game, thinking Darnold I think that Sam Darnold's going to have a real revenge game, oh, and he might win that. by two scores. I was tempted to go like Panthers minus fourteen for like five to one, 
but I thought that's just way too out of the box for week one. You don't know what you're expecting. Yeah. It's bold, but I just didn't want to go that bold. Oh, I also really like, I've heard a lot of talk about Terrence Marshall, the um, kid out of LSU that they brought in this year. Yeah, the receiver. yeah. So him and Bobby Anderson was great last year. DJ Moore was going, I know they lost Curtis Samuel. He's in Washington, who's which is a shame because there's a good pair of hands there in Curtis Samuel. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I like the receivers they've got. I think Darnold can fire at them. Obviously, if Christian McCaffrey CMC stays, comes back, yeah, stays yeah. safe, then yeah, they've got they've got an exciting offense to work out with. Um, yeah, so I, I'd like the Panthers. So we lose to the Panthers, is what I'm saying. So I, I would yeah. a five win season is my optimistic. I'm not that convinced that we beat the Lions, to be honest. Not that convinced, especially as they did a couple you're, of you're years ago. You were pretty close with. last year. You think you said four wins last year, and you weren't far off. Yeah, and you all mocked me and were like, "Oh, you're being so <laughs> dour and down about it." And then I was like, "Well, how's this season going then, everybody?" <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think I think the run in yeah. is going to be really interesting because I think the two we've got Washington twice in the last four games of the season, sandwiched with the Giants in between those, and then finishing at home against the Cowboys. Three of those right. are on home field, and I think we win two of them against the Giants and the Cowboys. But as I say, Washington do us twice, and that will give Washington the division. Yeah, I think Washington wins the division as well because, again, I don't believe in the Cowboys one little bit. I don't believe them at all this week given that Dak's just come back from a knee injury. Zeke is going to be, in my opinion, useless. And losing Zach Martin for this week is also a huge loss because he is their best player. Mm. He's without question the Cowboys' best player across the entire team. If you lose your big right guard who opens up the holes for Zeke, you're going to have no holes for Zeke. And who's going to be there to plug him up? Devin White, oh, Lafonto David... Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, need I continue? Mm. Because they're just going to carry on just plugging those holes and just destroying them. Their run defense is the, one of the best parts of the Bucks' defense. And granted, we watched them destroy Kansas City with no O-linemen with pass rush. So the defense of the Bucks is going to be able to smother Dak Prescott. And I worry that... I don't know, worry. I feel bad saying I worry because I don't really worry about the Cowboys at all. But I would be... Con- concerned if I was a Cowboys fan that playing such a good defense in week one when your QB's just getting over an knee injury might be a little bit dangerous yeah or it might just force Dak to be really conservative and so we won't actually see a confident Dak going into that game anyway um who knows I mean I just think he'll still try a little he'll just try a little bootleg and a run he'll take the ball tuck it and he'll forget that he can't just run at someone and they'll hit him and they might he unfortunately when you get hit you never know what's going to happen yeah and my worry again for him is that he might have an injury like he did last year. And there's no backup at Dallas this year. There's no Andy Dalton to save them. If that goes yeah. down this year, that season is gone. Unless they bring in Cam Newton. Yeah, so the season's gone, is what you're saying. Yeah. Who is their backup? Sorry, I'm just going to quickly check that. I couldn't Will tell you Greer the Will and Cooper Rush are their backups. There you go. Yeah, it's not a strong... Because yeah, good old Ben DiNucci got cut and then put on the practice squad, if memory serves me right. Yeah, and when you pay... Dak Prescott all that money it suddenly makes it very difficult to give money to anybody else that's any good coming into a QB room. well the trouble is giving that money to Dak to Ezekiel Elliott mm, and, and to Amari Cooper yeah. CD well, Lamb's going to want pain soon if he ends up having a big year yeah, like, yeah. And, um, and maybe beats Amari Cooper for things but it's the thing with Amari Cooper you watch him on Instagram and you watch the highlights I've not seen any hard knocks but I've seen the highlights of him root running splashy it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen 
Put them on the field. Oh, I don't want to run this week. See you later, guys. Yeah, Cowboys are going to be dining out on the Hard Knocks hype as well because everybody gets suckered yeah. into those slow motion VTs of like highlight yeah. after highlight after highlight. Look how good we are. Uh, the last thing on the Philadelphia so. Eagles as well, our running back room, we don't have a running back over 5'11", and that's supposedly Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders, I've stood next to him, he is not 5'11", because I am definitely 5'11", and he is a right. good inch or so shorter than me. So Yeah, I mean, these NFL teams like to pump the stats and pad the Yeah, the exactly, but that makes bit, it more worrying to me that, again, I really liked in... Oh, in the in the year we won it, do you remember that, guys? Do you remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? But I liked the Just balance. Hold on to that one, Ollie. <laughs> Still going to dine out on that for as long as possible. But I liked the balance of the Darren Sproles, um, Legarrett Blunts, Little and Large, Smash Mouth, and and, and then JHI and coming Don't in and being JHI. like the we had the baby bear, the daddy bear, and the mama bear in between. And JHI, you know, like was a bit of both. <laughs> I'm not sure how he'd feel about being called a mama bear. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how he feels. No, he's not in the NFL, but I guess we won't be asking him. Yeah, shocking that he never got a job again, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, we'll talk off the podcast about him. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's trying to launch a rap career, I think I've seen on his Instagram. His Instagram oh, was weirdly boring, I have to say. I stopped following after a while. Um, you should stop following because you want to see the the big peacock feathers and the hats and the big overcoats and the no, I just want to Cam Newton style see glasses. Somebody like, that's what you want to see, right? I don't mind seeing like the athletes doing training and everything like that. That's encouraging. There was I don't think I saw any of that on. I may be wrong. I don't want to disparage him too much or anything like that. As I say, we can talk off pod about him. Um, yeah. So the okay. Eagles, right? Let's uh, hear what Dave has to say about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I wonder if it's longer or shorter. Actually, I haven't checked the time than him doing six. I think it's shorter, but it's probably just as waffly. It's weird that it. The, we, he's got 17 games to talk about and he takes the same amount of time to talk about his six bets. Uh, let's, yeah. let's have a listen to Mr. Block. Right, let's see where we are with the Falcons' schedule this year after a tough few years in the wilderness. The Falcons go with 10 wins and maybe squeak into the playoffs as a wildcard team in a bang average NFC and a poor NFC South. Let's see how we got there. So 10 wins, one against the Eagles starting out on Sunday, lost to the Buccaneers in week two, beating the Giants in week three, losing to Washington, beating the Jets, losing to the Dolphins, Beating the Panthers, beating the Saints, losing the Cowboys, losing the Patriots, beating the Jags, losing the Buccaneers, beating the Panthers twice in one season, losing the 49ers, beating the Lions, beating the Bills in a big spot at home, and then wow. uh, beating the Saints. So that should take us to 10 wins there. Um, sorry if I've got that wrong. But uh, yeah, I put us in the range of nine, <clears throat> nine or 10. Uh, might not be enough to get into the playoffs with 17 games now this season for the first time. But that's where I'm sitting. So I think that might be optimistic. I think the, I think the floor is probably about six, five or six wins. Um, but uh, let's be optimistic and see if the Falcons can squeeze in as a crappy wildcard team and get waxed on wildcard weekend in January. I'd give him 12 So I'm wins. just going to say this now for when Dave listens to this. Okay. I'm hoping he does. Dave, for when you listen to this, 
I will happily take another twenty pound bet that the Steelers win more game the more games than the Falcons. Bearing in mind that you think the Falcons will beat the Bills, so please let me know what you think. Um, happy to take the bet. You just you just give me a little shout out and we'll figure it out. Yeah, that is one of the dumbest things that I've heard. They beat the Bills, and you hate Josh Allen. Yeah. You don't even agree with that. I don't even. I don't. Yeah. Well, who's who? They have. They're going to stop them with no defense. But they have such a nice schedule. Looking at it, the Falcons. I give them twelve wins with them losing to the Bills. You beat the Eagles. You beat the Giants. You beat the Jets. You beat the Dolphins. You beat the Panthers. You beat the Saints. You beat the Cowboys. You beat the Patriots. You beat the Jags. You beat the Panthers again. You beat the Lions, and then you beat the Saints. You got twelve wins there. I don't believe they're going to beat the Panthers and the Saints twice. I would wager that the Panthers and the Saints will beat the Falcons twice. If you don't beat the Saints twice this year, that's poor. As the Falcons, I you're, agree. You're, you're not. But I, you're I not just a don't see how they do that. Team. I don't think the Falcons are good enough to do so. Yeah, that's fair. That's my opinion. Fair. I don't want it to be the case. I would love. I love everyone's teams. That okay, we even then, yeah, do really well. Wins. But it's, it's it's tough because. That's a that's a heavy. It's, it's it's quite a delicious schedule. In fairness, compared to last year when he had the closed out with the Chiefs and Bucks twice, whatever it was. But they're not going to beat the Bucks twice. They're not going to beat the Bucks. I think the Panthers and the Saints will probably beat them, because I believe in Sam Darnold and I believe he's got a reason to play better. You and sp- also, he's got not an absolute idiot head coach. Weren't you so. off? I thought you were off Sam Darnold last year, as just like a, no, as a no, good no. player. Because I'm no, sure no, no. It was... I was, I, I'm always, I'm always behind Sam Darnold because I think having Adam Gase as your head coach means you've got no hope anyway. Some, There's was a reason Dave why he's off now Darnold in last year? Because I'm sure Could one of us was saying, like myself and somebody were saying, Darnold is really good. He's just a really bad team. Darnold will get it That's right. That's what I was saying. Yeah, okay. That's why I wanted him to come to the Steelers. Interesting. Um, That's why I kept saying I'd love to see him at the Steelers because I think you give him an opportunity like you've given Stafford but Stafford of course is really good in the Lions system anyway yeah yeah you give someone like him an opportunity to have a stable area with a franchise that knows what they're doing and not a head coach that's just living off the hype of Peyton Manning's record-breaking season when Peyton Manning was his own offensive coordinator that's a chance to see what he's got and again I think week one he lights up the Jets because of his I've said before his needs for revenge I think that just starts to kickstart his confidence he just gets going from there you know who would have been a great or where would have been a great place for Sam Darnold to actually land where the Washington football team yeah but yeah especially if he landed there and had Fitzmagic as his backup too would have been quite good yeah learned from the uh, the journeyman and you've got a nice receiver core you've got yeah. Uh, running back waiting to have back. a big breakout. An amazing D line. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure off you in Washington. It's a, oh. Yeah, it's an annoyingly solid. Speaking of D line, Brian Kerrigan signed for the Eagles, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so that's an upgrade in your D line as well. One man does not maketh a roster, Jazz. <laughs> well, it helps. <laughs> yeah, it will it help. Helps have talent wherever you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's... So, yes, Dave, let me know. Twenty pounds. Steelers will have more wins. I thought you were just going to give him twenty quid for you think the Bills will win that game. No, because that'd be an interesting. Uh, well, I would happily do that as well. Because I'd take it. Second I would bet. Put... Yeah, the Bills. The Bills beat the Falcons in that game. Twenty pounds. Yeah, I'd, I'd get in on that. Twenty quid. That I mean, the I was Bills even tempted to them. consider that the the Panthers and Saints beating the Falcons twice, but I think that's a, just a bit too much of a, a big dick move to try and go for that. Yeah, so I'm not going to go for that one. But I give the Falcons 10 I wins. I think Falcons, Falcons-Steelers and that Falcons-Bills game. 
Dave, you let us know what you think. We're uh, we're ready to make our little bets. Shame you can't be here because these sort of bets are fun to just hash out on the fly. Mm. Uh, just quickly on the Falcons as well. Obviously, no Julio Jones. Does Calvin really have the massive yeah. drop off that I think he will? Just I think he will. I, I think Carl Pitts will be the change mover for that team. I think Carl Pitts will put up ridiculous numbers this year. Just looking at the receivers: Christian Blake, Frank Darby, Russell Gage was all right. Tajay Sharp, Olamide Zacheus, and Calvin Ridley. It's a good job they got Kyle Pitts, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Poor Matt Ryan. Poor Matt Ryan. So, right, but I think Kyle Pitts becomes a chain mover like Julio was. Julio was not, the last couple of years, hasn't been a touchdown machine, but he's been a uh, chain mover yardage machine. So, that, I think that's where Kyle Pitts comes into it. All right, Jazzy, this is the one that everybody wants to hear. This is... This is the pre-season game to end all pre-season games. Shall we have a little bit of... Better or worse? <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of better or worse and start with the ma- massive list that uh, Davis sent me as the man that created this game and gave us the, uh, the picks to make last year. Start off with AJ Brown. So hold on, I'm just going to try and do this stuff on, and going to try and make a note of it as we're going through it as well this time. I've got AJ Brown as well, actually. Interesting. Uh, AJ Brown, 1,075 yards. The question is, is he going to be better or worse? I think he'll be worse. Okay. Because Julio will steal the targets. And I think he'll be double covered and Julio won't be. Really? And I think Derek Henry will have as much room to... Yeah, I think that he'll be double covered rather than Julio Jones. That's my honest opinion. And I think AJ Brown had a very good year, although being double covered, he didn't have as much help on the other side. You give him more help on the other side, Tannehill might find him open, Julio Jones open more than AJ Brown would be. Hmm. And I'm not taking away from AJ Brown at all. I think he's a really good, really good player. But I think that he gets fewer yards. But I think he get more touchdowns. But if you just go just in yards, I think fewer. I'm going to take better then. I'll take the better. I think... Because I think Julio is going to be the one that gets double covered. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't think teams okay. can afford to not... If you don't double cover Julio Jones and he beats you, you will kick yourself for not having double covered him. Whereas... Same with AJ Brown though. AJ Brown gets not double covered and he beats you. I don't think his reputation warrants it in the same way. But I think his current playing ability for the last two years would warrant it the same way. But that's fine. That's, this is the reason why we talk about mm. it. Was Dave given his opinion? Uh, Dave is saying that he will go better as well. Okay. Got you. interesting. Also, like that that passing game, if, if Derek Henry can stay fit and run like he has done, the passing game is going to be fairly nice for Ryan Tannehill regardless or maybe the running game gets even more ridiculous because he's got more people taking away the attention from the box yeah just having a look at the schedule as well like colts defense pretty good um jags the texans chiefs pretty good rams pretty good saints yeah but then you've got yeah texans patriots dolphins yeah texans twice yeah i mean yeah it could be interesting 
That, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. one for the Titans this year. Okay, uh, Scary Terry McLaurin, who Dave is loving him. Um, he was chatting about him a lot last year as well. Uh, 1,118 yards. Is it going to be? 1,118. In 2021, is it going to be? Better or worse? <laughs> I'm saying worse on that one too. Because of Curtis Samuel being there, and Antonio Gibson is now more of a feature back, I think there's more balance to that team. Whereas last year it seemed like when nothing was happening, just throw the ball to Terry. Where at least now you've got other options to make it more, you said more balanced and more potent. But I think you're going to have Washington taking on tireder defenses this year because their defense is as strong as it was last year, and that offense has an ability to move the ball far better. So I think the speed and the ability of Terry McLaurin will get even more of a chance to open up, particularly later on in games. And I think, again, Curtis Samuel means that teams are going to have to just be more aware of what's on the other side of the field too. And it's going to split it open a bit more. So while he's maybe not getting the same number of targets, I think he does more with the targets that he gets. Also, you're going to have to watch out for Antonio Gibson coming out of the backfield as well in the passing routes too. So again, I think that just spreads the defense across a larger part of the field. And you've got, in theory, a more capable quarterback in in Ryan Fitzpatrick who can produce magic every so often. So I'm going to take Scary Terry to do better. Okay. What did Dave say? Dave is taking Scary Terry to do better better as well. So my only argument with what you said there in terms of having tighter defences on the field and that sort of stuff, and having a really good defence on the other side of the ball, is that the best way to win a game, if you're trying to do that, is to play physical shutdown defence, but on the other side of the ball, you run the ball, you chew the clock, you limit the possessions for the team. Mm. So they might do more running than they will passing. Yeah. But anyway, this is the wonderful thing of this. You never know, we'll find out. Okay. Dalvin Cook. 1,557 yards last year. 1,000, say again? 1,557 yards last year. Yeah. I'm going worse than that one too. Um, Instantly worse. That was rushing. That's not total yardage as well, by the way. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. uh, yeah. In 2021, it's Dalvin Cook going to go. Better or worse. I'm not sure if that's going to get annoying or not. I can't tell if that's going to be really irritating or if it's going to be... I was annoyed the first time it came out as soon as he said it and I listened to it again for another 15 times or something like that and I'd had enough of it at that point. But it got to the point where you just get used to it and just got to get past it. It's just one of those things. Got to get through. Uh, Dalvin Cook has improved obviously every single season. He's been in the league the last two years. Well, it's because he's stayed healthy. The last two years. He did rupture his ACL games. or break his leg or something. Yeah. 14 games last year, 14 games the previous year. Both over a thousand was incredible on the ground last year. Yeah, it's tough. What are you saying, Ollie? It's a high number to reach again. I'm it saying worse real, because of that. Real high number. Yeah, Dave said worse as well. Dave has gone with worse. I think it's going to be worse. Only because we'll he set he set the bar so high with last. So year. high. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it I, was I, really good. I will say worse. But if he plays all 16 games, I mean, uh, all 17 games, sorry, you've got you've got another game and you've got 
two games missed last year to catch up on. If he has the same productivity, yeah. which I'm kind of hoping he is, seeing as I took him with the first pick of the fantasy draft, so I really should say better because I'm banking on him being better than he was. I would have picked CMC at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't need to talk about my fail. <laughs> talking about my failures at fantasy is like talking about the Eagles' prospects. After a while, it's just the same thing over and over again, and it gets boring. <laughs> so. Hey, at least you haven't got the Eli jersey this year. I've got it up now as the as the cone of shame almost yeah I like in the it. background yeah. and it's going to be there as my cone of shame until i get rid of it which hopefully i'm going to pass on to one of you or dave at thanksgiving yeah and then whoever gets it has to be in the background that's the new rules oh, that makes me sick so much yeah i like yeah. if you uh if you get it you get to add a rule to it but also you're adding that rule with the potential of then getting it back the next year as well yeah okay. <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah we're all, we're all saying dalvin cook to have a uh, a worse year a worse. than last year could be really close though okay here's one i think i'll probably know where you're gonna go with it baker mayfield yeah 26 <laughs> touchdowns 3563 yards so we need to pick one of the two i think last year we were doing too much splitting stuff so tell me if you want to go yards or touchdowns well davis said he's going to go better on both okay so tell me again. So what was the yards again? Sorry. 3,563. 63. And how many touchdowns? 26. 26. I'd say probably it's better for yards and less on touchdowns. Yeah, exactly the same. If Nick Chubb stays healthy, there's less pressure on Mayfield to get all those TDs. Nick Chubb will take more touchdowns as will Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt the, as well, yeah. With the rotation. But I think there will, there will be opportunities for Baker Mayfield. They're still going to put the ball in his hands a hell of a lot. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, is I he, he going to have a 4,000-yard season? Probably not. But is he going to have between 3,500 and 4,000? Yeah, 000, probably. Probably. And then is he going to Especially get... with the extra game. Yeah. We can't forget the extra game, can extra we? Game so that's the X really... factor here. Yeah, it does. That is the I didn't even thought about that. That's an X factor. Especially for yardage with QBs. It's a big one. Yeah. Because it potentially it's a it's a 300 yard cushion in theory. So yeah. Whoa. Not sure Baker Mayfield's throwing for 300 yards that often, but yeah. <laughs> Savage. And true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Very true. Um what else you got for me? Okay. Uh oh, I didn't hit the button on that one, unfortunately. Um here's one. Ah, you you dick, Dave, for putting this one in. Justin Herbert. Yardage. I had him as well. Four three three six. Is, I think it goes worse. Is Justin Herbert going to be in twenty twenty one? Better or worse? <laughs> Definitely worse. New new coordinator, new offensive scheme. Yeah, it's going to be worse. I think it's going to be worse, but I don't know. It it would be tremendous, absolutely tremendous for to have two seasons of going over 4,300 yards in your first two years. To start a career off. Yeah, it's pretty good. That would be insane. 31 TDs What's as Dave well. Saying? He was so good. So yeah, good. Yeah, I was considering going for the touchdown line because I thought the touchdown line was high as well for a first-year rookie cuba. But that deep ball is so sexy. It is just gorgeous to watch those deep balls from last year there's a couple of good compilations out of the long bomb from herbert in his first season it's like oh. 
depends again the new offensive scheme how many times they're going to try and throw long though it and might be more of a dink and dunk offense he gets two more games this year because he only started 15 last year uh, yeah of course because Tyro Taylor before his lung puncture yeah before that accident before the game against the Chiefs yeah. in week two. Oh no Tyrod although well, he's got a starting job <laughs> starting for the Texans this week so yeah um, that's true so you're saying worse I say worse on yards what's Dave saying Dave's saying worse as well all saying worse okay not very often we're all in agreement I know this is I mean it's a good job Dave isn't here because there'd be less belligerence than normal it would all just be quite a weird loving of us all agreeing <laughs> on stuff um, okay, here's another interesting one. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But Ooh, we're, okay. we're, we're not going where you think we're going with this. We're going rushing yards? He's going to have fewer interceptions than last year. How many did he Patrick Mahomes year? threw six interceptions last year. <laughs> Is Mahomes going to be in 2021 on interceptions? Better or worse... <laughs> It's a, oh, that's a that's really tough. good pick. This might be the best thing Dave I'm has done for this th- podcast. I'm saying worse, so he's going to throw more. You think he's going to throw more? I'm saying more interceptions, yeah. Do you think he's going to try too hard this year? I think he's got more of a point to prove, so he'll throw the ball longer. I think Andy Reid's also going to be trying to tell him, just get, get it down there more. Granted, he's got the players and the speed all around him to just out-throw any coverage and catch it still. The question I'd have around that would be more will he start to see more tight windows and seeing how the Bucks dealt with him and the, the Chiefs and je- offense in general. Like I've said before, when we've watched the Ravens and Lamar Jackson steamroll the entire league, then hit the buzzsaw that was the Titans, after that year, they haven't been as successful on the ground or as offensively because teams have realized, oh, do this, do this, do this, and we slow them down. I think that might be what we see with Andy Reid. Granted, Andy Reid always comes out for the first five games with new, fresh, offensive game plans that no one's ever seen. The trouble is, that's five games. It's not the end of the season. Whereas Mahomes has carried Andy Reid past that point just through sheer athleticism and amazing talent. So I think he throws more. That's my feeling. Yeah. Dave hasn't really said... I'm assuming he means even less, as in he's going to throw fewer... He's saying better. Yeah, he's saying he's going to go better. He he unfortunately hasn't written either better or worse next to the one that he's... Oh, he's had one... Dave, he had one job. One job, Dave. One job. Yeah. Um, well, no, I had two jobs. It was show up, but he didn't do that one either. <laughs> um, so what are you saying? I don't know. It's really tough. Just having a look at his... It's reg- a tough one. Six is a very low number. Regular season stats, the 2018 MVP year yep. through 12. 2019... He only threw five. So last year he threw more. Ooh. Yeah. But he's got one more game again this year. Let's not forget that. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you're only throwing five interceptions and or six interceptions in 16 games, you, there's a good chance you're not going to throw one in the 17th as well. Um, I will take I will take more because they're such low numbers. And yeah, yeah, I just it's. Yeah, he will. He will throw more. No, actually, I'm going to say he takes exactly the same. He'll throw six. Well, that defeats the object of the game, Ollie, because it's better or worse, <laughs> not the same. So you have to pick one or the other. That's how the game works. All right, fine. This is not. Oh no, it's going to be the same. No, no, no. It is. Are you going to have more interceptions or less? There is no middle ground. 
There's no ties here. Fine. There's no He's, draws. I wanted to sit on the fence, but I won't. But you can't. You're not allowed to. It's a good fence. It, to it sit makes on. a mockery of the game sitting on the fence. Or it's literally called better or worse. There's two options. You can't have a third. Better or worse. <laughs> not the same. Yeah. Okay. Fine. He's gonna. He's gonna do worse. He's gonna throw more. Okay. But like one more. But he will throw a seven. Yeah, but not many. Six is a very small number, so it doesn't take much to get past that. But it's uh. Yeah, getting less than six is a, it's a that's a big shout from Dave. That okay. The the final one that Dave has sent me is a yeah. another interesting one. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Is he going to be better or worse on the ground this year? How many yards did he get last year? It hasn't sent. That. Give me two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. Didn't Again, he has one job. Uh, last year, he went for one thousand and five yards on the ground. In his two starting seasons with the Baltimore Ravens, he's gone for twelve hundred and six and one thousand and five. Yeah, I'm saying he does more. More than a thousand. Yeah, more than a thousand five. I think you're wrong. Okay. I think what does Dave say? I think we're on the cliff here with Lamar Jackson. And this is oh, this is the okay. this is big talk. This is the found out year. Do you know the last time I heard someone talk about a cliff was uh, Max Kellerman about Tom Brady back in 2014. And he said it every single year ever since and that's why he got fired from the first take because they realized he's an idiot. So this is a big what... big call. I just think Teams found out Baltimore by the end of last year quite well. Because the Titans gave them the blueprint the year before. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you have a rushing quarterback, I keep saying it, like, again, an amazing MVP year, but last year wasn't like that MVP year at all. Way down on his touchdowns, more interceptions. And he likes to use his legs a lot. And I don't think that's a sustainable model in the NFL still for victories i think you can use it for a few seasons and then teams will find your tells and teams will make you pay and i think i think teams will make the ravens offense pay this year i think lamar jackson oh i really hope so because i hate the ravens I, so i think lamar I jackson think gets, get more. gets shut down more as a rusher than we've seen even yet so far okay and he's i i, I mean i'm loving the sound of that but it's just one of those ones where again it's easier it's said than to, done yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. What's Dave saying for that one? Dave has said worse as well. Okay. And that brings an end to Dave's section of Dave's I've only got worse. I only have two left on my section, so shall I go next? Yeah, I haven't got any. So Oh, there you go. So we'll finish off with you you're doing to me this year, so instead of me being the one not showing up, I you've done that. So Dave covered a lot of mine. Now, the next one I thought we had to go for because we always talk about how much Dave thinks he's useless and you're currently wearing his jersey and Dave has one of his jerseys in his home as well. Mike Evans, 13 touchdowns, better or worse? Ooh. It's a tough one, isn't it, that one? I say worse. So I've got a theory with Mike Evans. Oh, by the way, Mike Evans in 2021, 13 touchdowns? Better or worse? So there you go. Go on, what's your theory? Antonio Brown is going to become an even bigger part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense than he was yeah. last year. And so 
they've got so many that it's still it's going to be shared out more and more it's an embarrassment of riches yeah and so i think yeah. i think evans will take the hit but i think evans is happy to take the hit because as we've learned in this off season he is one of the most unselfish players from the sounds of it in the nfl absolutely like, taking all the pay cuts to get more talent and help get more talent in the bucks restructuring Keep the his players. deals yeah yeah like, i think he is happy to do that and take the hits on his own stats and everything like that to ensure that they have a chance to go and get another ring. And so I don't think he'll be annoyed by it. I think he'll happily be like, look, if Antonio Brown's going to moan and go off on one, if you don't give him the ball, give him the touchdowns. That's fine. As long as, you know, we're winning, yeah. it's all good. And he's good enough to go and do it anyway. And what, he had time yeah. out last year. So, and with the extra games, there's a chance for him to maybe bring that back up. But I think, I don't think he'll be a bit part. I just think it'll be a very even spread across the box. Yeah, I, I can see him getting 11 or 12, or Ollie sitting on the fence 13. I don't see him beating that number easily, so I can't definitely say better. I'd love to say better because I think it's really great, but I think that, again, with Gronk playing so much better at the end of the year, OJ Howard coming back, Cameron Brait's there, Chris Godwin is there, we haven't even really mentioned him, have mm. we? Antonio Brown is there, Scotty Mill is there, you've got uh, like we said, an embarrassment. And then you've got the, the backs to go with it too. You've got an embarrassment of riches everywhere where you could happily spread the ball out and do almost like a Carl Shanahan-style offense that they did for the Falcons back in 2016 where Ryan threw, I think it was touchdowns to 13 different players, something like that. They could easily do that, but those players could have multiple touchdown receptions because Brady's also that clever. So I think worse as well. Of course, we'll have to just check with Dave what he thinks about that one. Also, Mike we'll Evans, just looking time. at his stats, Mike, Mike Evans had 13 TDs last year, which is the most he's ever had in a season. Yeah. So, Well, he did have Jameis Winston throwing to him the rest of the that time. That is true, but he still had the yardage in those years. He's gone over 1,000 yards every single year he's been in the league, which is incredible. Uh, yeah. And I would say he might not even make 1,000 yards this year because of that added impact and added use of Antonio Brown and the uh, the share and share alike around that Bucks offense. So, yeah. And I don't think Brady and him had like an unstoppable connection. Ooh, it wasn't like a, about that. I don't think it was like telepathic. They did have, but the thing with that though, it wasn't I, like I a Evans and Edelman. No, Brady and Edelman. No, I agree with you that because yeah, think yeah, of how much more time Brady and Edelman had together. Yeah, true. So you you add an extra off season that we've had a preseason together as well, and I'm sure they would have been working out together at some point during the the off season. You've got a chance to develop that relationship and that chemistry far better. So we may see that connection being Brady to Moss esque. That could happen because there's so many. Because who do you double cover? You can't double cover them. You have to single cover them all, mm. and one of them is going to beat you. And it could be all five of them could beat you. And then who do you throw to? You throw to your biggest, largest, fastest target, which in this case is definitely Mike Evans. But it'll be an interesting thing for the Bucks' offense this year. I, I Again, I as much as I have bashed Brady over the years, like we said before, I would love to see the Bucks win it again. Obviously, the Steelers make it. I want them to win. But I would love to see the Bucks win it again and just have a big two fingers up and have Brady atop the mountain even further as being the man with eight rings when no other team has even got seven. That would be insane. Mm. Okay. And put to bed the questions of Mahomes or Brady, who's the best ever, because Mahomes is going to have to start winning Super Bowls again as soon as Brady retires and win them almost every single year to have a chance to make that number up. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be very good. My last one, 
if you're ready for the drop, is Josh Federal Jacobs. Worse. Sorry, I went, I went early with it. I apologize. That's fine. You're just a bit premature. That's fine. You got excited. Oh, it's okay. Better or worse. Just check out that stuff in your pants. Um, so Josh Jacobs, 1,065 rushing yards. Better or worse, Ollie? Yeah, really irritating one because I was... I was teetering on drafting him as well. Mm. I really like Josh Jacobs and I really don't know what the Raiders are if they're a good football team yet or not. Uh, yeah, they're they're so hot and cold. But I like Josh Jacobs, they, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think he's a really good running back. You're going to go better. So I'm going to go better. I've gone worse. Their O line has been decimated, so they were struggling to open holes fully last year. You get rid of some of their best O linemen. I don't see how the hell they're going to create this sort of level of holes that's going to be needed. Yeah, just so I'm definitely going worse. Do you not think there's an opportunity for a potentially really good passing game in in Las Vegas that uh, that then opens up the running game more? Again, if you haven't got a very good O line, yeah, not so much needs support. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. That's my that's my worry for the Raiders this year. Their O line, the last kind of five six years, has actually been really quite good. It's not as good this year, and. That fundamentally, if when you're building teams, they always talk about building from the ins out inside out, always starting your lines and battling backwards. the trenches, battling the trenches. Absolutely, favorite, telling us all the time. <laughs> yep, and that's the trouble I see with that. So, as much as I'd love to say he'd do better, I don't think he will because of that reason. Again, I could be wrong. We, for all we know, the Raiders are alignment they've got in now might do more than what we think they're going to do. But given what we've seen. I can't see that happening. And I can imagine John Gruden getting very angry mm. this year. Yeah, that'd be... Uh, as much as I'd like to see the Raiders do really well, because I think, that, again, the Raiders are one of those franchises, it's hard to really hate them because they've got a, a great uniform, great name. Great history. Great history. So I like teams like that to do well. Teams that have got terrible history and terrible uniforms can just, you know, Okay, I've got I've found two on the fly for you here. Okay, well, look, hold on, just my notes back up. So, go. I'm going to take big talking point around somebody in Green Bay. May have heard of him. Aaron Jones, great running back. Okay. Had a very good season last year, career high yardage. Great, yeah, great year last year. Had a nice dovetail, though. And Jamal Williams. So, is AJ Dillon the guy to be the little number two to rest Aaron Jones and be a bit more punchier. Probably, yeah. So is Aaron Jones so what you're trying to say? going to go over 1,104 yards or not? Is he in 2021 in this yardage going to be? Better or worse? I'm going to say... Ooh, I'm going to say better. No, I'm saying worse. I'm going worse. Because I think AJ Dillon with those massive quads of his will steal up a lot more carries this year. Yeah. And I think they'll have more of a rotation. Not, not that Jamal Williams is a bad back. He was a really good back. Not when I drafted him. He was useless when I drafted him. But I haven't given up. I haven't kind of let that go either. It really still, still kind of irks me that. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, but I think AJ Dillon showed a little bit last year. I think that the reason why they let Jamal Williams go is they know they've got something relatively special in AJ Dillon. And I imagine that Aaron Jones, although he signed a contract this year for decent money, I could imagine AJ Dillon usurping him in the next year or two. So from my point of view, I could happily see that being worse. 
I also think it's going to be the keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Let's keep the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands even more than we already do. Factor yeah. comes in and green. So you say worse as well? So I say worse, even though he's got three additional games on last year to do it. Because he only yeah. only played 14 games last year. Uh, yeah, and I think the, that's fair. And the other one is my other uh, polarizing opinion on a quarterback, Kyler Murray at the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray last year in 16 starts produced a QB rating of 94.3 overall in the regular oh, season. Oh, QB rating? Yeah, because okay. I don't care about yards and touchdowns and that stuff when it comes to Kyler Murray. <laughs> I care about is he a good quarterback or not. So what was his QBR again? 94.3 QB rating. It's not, it's not bad. It isn't bad. So will Kyler Murray in 2021 with his QB rating be... Better or worse... <laughs> Better. Better. Ugh. Better. Oh, I can tell Ollie thinks worse then. Ugh. Yeah, definitely Ollie worse. Down for worse. <laughs> definitely worse. <laughs> I don't understand why... I don't understand your hatred for him and Josh Allen so much. I mean, Josh Allen, granted, was always a... It was a bit like Titus Bramble was when you were playing him in the Premier League. You knew that he was good for at least an own goal or a massive cock-up where you're going to get at least a goal out of him. Josh Allen used to be that player he no longer is. Kyler Murray isn't that player... He's very quick. He's very elusive. I think he's got a very good arm. I think he's got good talent around him. I'd... And I think that now he's hopefully got JJ Watt making a big de- big difference to that defense with Chandler Jones on the side. There may be a little bit less pressure on him as well. So he won't have to try and force throws. And also, granted, he'll have more chance of learned the playbook, understood how defenses work in the NFL, understood split coverages and how to kind of diagnose those. So I think he makes a step up. Now, I'm not saying he goes from... 94 to 158.3 but i am saying he might get 96 yeah i don't and so the very definition is better kyle murray last year dined out on the fact that deandre hopkins was a let's just sit it and sling i mean kyle murray's best play of last year was the game-winning sling downfield in the attempt to uh, beat the Buffalo? That was against Bills. the Bills, wasn't it? Yeah, against the Bills in a banger yeah. of a game against two Q- with two QBs that I don't really rate that highly. So I kind of wanted them both to capitulate. Um, but didn't but Hopkins caught that and they won the game? Yeah, and that's Kyler Murray's best play is running around to buy time and then just launching it to the best pair of hands, arguably in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins isn't at the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's nowhere near that and so i still don't think kyle murray's that good oh, a i agree with that yeah and i think the longer that kyle murray and a bit like lamar jackson those that they're in the league with the mobile quarterback kind of attitude the longer they get found out and the longer they have to sit and learn how to sit and play in the pocket michael vick's best seasons as a quarterback came in philadelphia once he'd learned to sit in the pocket not no it was after he'd been in prison for several years and lost lot, uh, some of his wonderful athletic talent that was god given but to he him. sat in a pocket and learned how to be a pocket because he didn't have the same electric speed that he had at the start i mean when he came back into the league he was still very explosive jazz like he i'm not he saying wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't but he wasn't he wasn't the fastest explosive. yeah but i'm just saying no, and that's Vic's best years as a quarterback came once he learned to be in a pocket and once he learned to play, and he said for in interviews since his career's finished that he almost wishes he hadn't had the attitude he had in Atlanta of I don't need to learn the playbook that much, I don't need to learn how to throw that much because I'm the wild boy with my crazy legs and I can go and do that on the field. It was amazing to watch, but I just think it's it's a testament to 
you know, Steve McNair was a great mobile quarterback, but what he was was he was a great arm. He could sit in a pocket yep. and do it. Patrick Mahomes is great as a mobile quarterback, but he can sit in a pocket and throw as well as anybody. Kyler Murray, to me, doesn't have that same arm ability yet. And unless he's taken a big step up, which I don't think he will. I still think he relied on his legs so much last year to create plays and slinging it downfield to Hopkins. So I, I think worse. I think he goes below that number. Fair and enough. I think it's a high number to try and match as well, to be honest. Yeah, I, a, you've made a very, very good argument there. Only I hand it to you there, but I, uh, I think we're on the opposite side of the coin here. As always, Jess. All right, let's quickly run through the divisions and Super Bowl predictions because we're going on for a long time, but... um. Whatever. Yeah, it's a we've gone real long here. It's a preseason podcast. Well, we, ha- we, have, we haven't had a, a podcast for for months, so this is making up for all the things we would have otherwise done. Because better or worse, would have been its own episode, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. So let's just do this. Uh, all right, let's start with the eight. So let's see if AFC. Do you, do you want to write these down? Divisional winners. Yeah, I've got them. Down? I've got it. I've got it all set up, ready okay. to go. Divisional winners in the AFC. Jazz. North. Ah, fuck it. Steelers. I got. I got to believe, Ollie. I got to believe in something. Okay. I got to believe. I think the Browns are the contenders. They're not the Ravens. Okay. What about the South? South is gonna be the Titans because Carson Wentz is out for weeks. Mm-hmm. The East is the Bills' division to lose. The West worth the Chiefs all day, isn't it? NFC. The North is the Packers. The East, I'm going to give it to the Washington football team. Which I kind of hope they leave as their name, by the way. I'm quite liking that now. I, I think yeah, I the, the logo it. and stuff works well. Yeah, yeah. the cool W on the helmet it. and everything. Yeah, it looks Yeah, it looks really but clean. Other, other options they've had have been... Yeah, clean is... And that's a good brand, is a clean brand. Anyway, that is a NFC really useful Washington. adjective to have as a brand when you've had a racial slur as your name. Having a, yeah. a clean and, and break potential from that. rape as well, rape and sexual assault. Yeah, having a clean well. break yeah. from that with a clean, simple logo and everything. And having a clean slate to start fresh. Yeah. Um, I NFC South going the Bucks because the Bucks are going to win that division and hopefully win it all. And the NFC West is the toughest one to call. I think I'm going Rams. I think the addition of Stafford elevates that offense enough to the point where it obviously I think the defense last year for the Rams was really good it was the offense that squandered the chances with Goff at the helm I think you give Stafford the ball and that offense you're going to have and McVay calling the players you have a much better chance of success so I don't really need to ask you who's going to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl because it nope. sounds like I just told you I Tom think Brady. it's going to be Bucks yeah and the Bucks god damn that'd be insane uh, and for the uh, for the AFC, oh, it's tough that one. That's really tough, the AFC. Again, I think that it's, I think you discount the AFC South and the Titans and Colts are out of it. I honestly, as much as it pains me to say, I think you get rid of the AFC North. So I think you're looking at the East and the West. I think that takes it to the Bills and the Chiefs. And I wouldn't mind seeing a repeat of the Bucks Chiefs again and see Brady beat him again. So you're going with the safe bet, Bucks Chiefs. I, I, I think I've caught odds on favourites for both of those two things to happen, but I think that, to me, seems like the most likely outcome of the year because the Chiefs will win that division 
in my opinion, a bit of a canter because the Chargers hit and miss, but they won't be able to keep up. The Raiders have no O-line and won't be able to keep up. And the Broncos, I don't really believe how much of an offense, so won't be able to keep up. So they'll probably win six games just in that division, just like the Patriots used to do in the old days when they had the crap Bills, the crap Jets, and the crap Dolphins. They'd have 6-0 from the division wrapped up. So they're already starting off 6-0 almost. So yeah, I could see that happening. Maybe being them being the number one seeds with the Bucks being the number one seeds of the NFC. That's my prediction. Fair enough. That's what I'm going with, and I'm going Bucks to win it. And you and you wonder why I'm not like jazzed up about the season when the easy. I mean, it is kind of the obvious. It, just seems, it seems like the obvious pick, doesn't it? But it seems like for my both my head and my heart wanted to happen. Well, no, my heart wants the Steelers to get there, but if the, yeah, the heart says Steelers, but. Head and most of the rest of me says those two are the guys. Fair enough. What are you saying, Ollie? So in the AFC North, yeah, I'm taking the, Browns, the Cleveland you? Browns. Yeah, I'm really sorry. It, yeah. That's it's, it's them or the Steelers for that for that for that division. There's, there's yeah. no way the Ravens win it. Yeah, from uh, my point of view. For the South, I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, which I think's an error because Carson Wentz is out. And who's their backup QB? He's set to Colts. start Week One. Wentz. Is he? I thought he was out for weeks. No, he's set to start week one. I think it was oh, okay. seven to twelve weeks from the surgery, but he had the surgery like seven, eight weeks ago. Uh, I thought he was out for five weeks. Participate, so. my, participated my fully in practice. Frank Reich, Carson Wentz. Let's go, baby. And it's a great team. Oh, maybe I should, oh, geez, if I'd known that, I would have changed my Seahawks bet. Um, so, yeah, Balls. so I think the Colts okay. do it. Uh, in the East, yep. it is the Bills to lose. And in yeah. the West, it's the, so the Chiefs. Chiefs to lose. Yeah. Yeah. The if you said anything else there, I would have really jumped down your throat because you'd just been an idiot. Justin Herbert. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert. I love him so much. He's so cool. I mean, he is awesome, but he's not ready to take the throne from the Chiefs just yet. Not no. not just yet. Soon, though. Uh, in the NFC North, it's the Packers. I mean, it's always the yeah. Packers. It's always going to be. In the South, it's the Bucks. In the East, yeah. it's Washington. And and then who have you said in the West? My instinct is the Forty Niners. My instinct is the Rams because I think the Forty Niners QB setup is going to rock the boat a little bit. There's been discussion about a two QB system, which personally I don't think works in the long run. So, well, maybe all that is. I mean, I shout to my other friends who loves the NFL. He's all in on Trey Lance being the starter by week six or week seven, whichever. Whenever the 49ers got their bye week, when they come back from the bye week, Trey Lance is the starter. And that's fine. So I can understand having the QB system being a two QB system to allow Trey Lance to dip his footing, get a feel for it, and have someone dependable just to cover any cracks that they need. Mm-hmm. And then once Trey Lance has realized that he can do it and he's smashing it, they'll just start him and then Jimmy G will be on the bench. But I don't personally think Trey Lance is, I don't know. Like having a rookie, oh no, completely having, having a rookie season like a Justin Herbert is is exceptional. It doesn't happen very often. Very no, rare. The the thing for the San Francisco San Fran Forty Niners is that the defense is still great. As long as it stays healthy. Yeah. Last year it got completely torn apart. Well, having Nick injuries. Bosa back is huge. Yeah, and the running game they know how to run the ball really well still in San Francisco. And I really like Raheem Mostert. I love Kyle Juszczyk as a fullback out of the backfield as well. So. I think they're going to have yeah. a running game to take pressure off 
whoever's the starting quarterback. But and I don't Kittle, think Kittle, of course, is back and healthy. But I don't think either QB in San Francisco is going to be good enough to is topple either a Rams or a Seahawks. Uh, so I, I think it's the Rams as well because I think the Rams have got a better overall team than Seattle do. I think that would be the... So we've, we've agreed pretty much on that, haven't we? Yeah. There's only a couple of differences. It's only the Browns and the Colts. And to be honest, the yeah. Colts is a tricky one now. You, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in the NFC, go into the Super Bowl. I think this is one that I just taken? want to see happen. The Eagles won't do it, Ollie. No, don't worry. Just get out of your head now. So I've got a real coin flip for this. I'm torn between the Rams and the Packers. Okay. Because going back-to-back is notoriously difficult anyway. The Patriots did it with Brady. Brady knows how to do it. They've got that team. They've got a great team in Tampa Bay, for sure. But there's always, They returned all 22 starters. But yeah. Always, yeah, but there's always something that ends up finding somebody out. I mean, the Chiefs got found out eventually in the big game last year. They almost went back-to-back. And, and that, to be honest, is... Like, <laughs> I love how you didn't say Super Bowl then as well. <laughs> uh, you, almost, you almost get... I think the Rams could go. If Stafford yeah. clicks... And that defense stays as good. I mean, arguably nailed on DMVP potentially again in Aaron Donald, like every single year. He's just a, he's just a phenomenal unit to have there. Shouldn't have won it last year. Maybe. Shouldn't have won it last year. TJ Watt was the number one in yeah, but sacks, as we, as we, callback we hurries, out, no, we tackles for last. The Steelers' of defense was actually trash. They just didn't play anybody any good until the last two weeks of the season when they kind of turned up a bit. Better uh, watch that mouth of yours, Wilson. So I, I think the Rams could go to the Super Bowl as the NFC. Where's old Richard Graves? He'll back me up right now. And again, this is one that I just really want to happen more than anything else. But I really want the, you ten- want the Browns. I really want the Tennessee Titans. Oh, interesting. So you think Titans won't win the division, but you think they'll make the Super yeah. Bowl? I think that's a really good playoff that's... team. Because I don't think that Colts, oh, yeah. that Colts team isn't ready with its running game to be a playoff winning team. I think the Titans with Derek Henry the way that they have done in the playoffs the last few years are a team that can on their day potentially destroy anybody and be a real like ooh wild card so I think a Rams Titans Super Bowl which is of course then the, the rematch of, of the game the, won by a yard yeah of the tackle yeah, yeah. so a Rams Titans Super Bowl with the Rams winning it again in a really close battle and I think that would also be a great Super Bowl to watch I agree. I think the, Titan, the issue with Titans, though, would be that I don't trust their D enough. I trust the offense. I trust them to run all over people and to throw as well. But I don't trust the defense to be able to stop enough teams for long enough mm. to make it work. So that'd be my worry. Interesting. I. But it's it's good shouts. I mean, it's it's much more interesting than my uh, my really obvious pick. That's what you'd have from a rookie newbie fan to say that. But also, it just seems like the obvious answer. It does. I, I can't see it. I just can't see it going anywhere else. Looking away from the Chiefs is madness. As is looking away from the it Bucks, might, to be yeah, honest. Like, the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks almost... When you put Brady in the... Go on. Bucks almost didn't have it. If the Packers make some right decisions, you know... No, if the Packers have made some right decisions, Brady still comes out and wins the game. Yeah, probably. He's he's a bona fide killer. He's an absolute killer. He's like Michael Jordan. You put the game in his hands, he's probably going to win it. Sounds and you trust him to do so. Betting against him is just a silly move. Yeah.